0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. Today, we are getting really close to finishing this book. We are reading The Bands of Mourning, chapters 28 and 29, wherein Wax is dead and has a conversation with God, and then Marisai gets superpowers and helps make Wax not so dead. We get a showdown between Wax and his uncle, and sort of a showdown between... uh, Wayne and Wax's sister, which is also interesting, and uh, a bit of a war on the ground between the uh, the the factions of, uh, of people. Although we don't really see all that much of that. Anyway, I'm Data, and with me is Jamie, Joe, and Dak. Yeah, we got everybody back again. Woohoo! Yay. Just in time, just in time to finish this one up, this episode and the next one. So hang on to something, everybody. The Sander Lanch is about to begin. Revolution holds us bound. Come on down to London town. Break your back for class and ground. Come on down to London town. Steam train running on a reckless rail. Speed and running right to the rising gale. Show a heart of your tail. London's done is right. So, yeah, we got. Two chapters here, which is going to leave us with just two and an epilogue for next time. And we are, we're, we're really closing in and these should be coming out right before the new book uh, releases. So it'll be interesting timing for everyone involved. We're going to have to discuss what we're going to do next. But in the meantime, what did you guys think of these two chapters?
1: Uh, good continuation from where we were. I'm, I'm so bummed that I missed our last episode because... I was so excited about it <laughs> in the episode prior to <laughs> talk about that stunning conclusion of Wax being dead. I definitely went into these not expecting Wax to actually be dead. So it was good to, to sort of see, I guess, everyone come back. I kind of forgotten that May was returned to blob form. And so it was, it was nice to see her be able to come back as well. Uh, yeah, cool. Um, on the money with the spearhead, I think that was maybe Joe's production back in the day. It was it was fun to see the interactions with suit again still like just getting more and more climactic every time. Also Wayne's moment, like gosh, how how much wax is death set for him to actually then be able to shoot Elson <laughs> was I just I didn't sort of see that coming, but it makes a lot of sense because it's you know, Wayne. Whack uh, is the most important person really to Wayne, so yeah. But but good. I'm looking forward to seeing how it all wraps up now.
0: Yeah, I like what you said about Wayne because I agree. It's you you don't necessarily expect it because Wayne's not really a serious emotions kind of guy usually. But once yeah. he has this like really severe reaction, you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense
1: yeah and i'm like i don't think he well i don't think he knows yet so what else has he got in him before we get there um, and i'm like i like that he's like gone and sorted his stuff out he's like right, you got my friend boom you're gone great now i can go get my other friend back <laughs> Like he's on a mission
0: yeah and i remember reading that the first time being like what other friend are you talking to? like i wasn't thinking about I, and i don't even know yeah. if we knew that she had Melon spikes maybe we did and i'm not remembering but i was like what do, what do you mean
1: i don't know that we knew she had them but i Feel like, and I'd have to go back because it has been quite a while now, but I feel like there w- we did read something about the spikes being pulled out. Like, it was all pretty stunning how fast it all turned around, but I could be wrong. Yeah, right. the, I think it
2: definitely mentions that she pulls this, that she takes yeah. the
0: spikes.
1: we, we and we, we talked about
0: that briefly in that episode because it's kind of gross, the way it described. like, she's, like, ripping into her and ripping the spikes out, but I guess mm. it just didn't occur to me that, like, she just still has them in her pocket or whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they might be useful. i got to say, too, so I, I both read this, but I listened to these chapters as well, and the voice for suit almost comes across as, like, Bane. Dak, there's a cartoon that you've been watching, but it's, like, that that silly Bane voice. Oh,
3: the, the Harley Quinn Bane?
1: The Harley Quinn Bane, yeah.
3: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> and that's all I can hear now when I hear suit. <laughs> oh, geez.
3: That is not the impression it's, of suit I ever would have gotten. Huh. Is uh, this the card? No, fuck. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's pretty much, pretty much that voice. It's very well done. I think Michael Craig has done a really good job, but of, of getting all the voices and, and, if you weren't reading along at the same time, being able to tell them all apart. I think he's done a really good job, but it was, it was hilarious because that's all I can hear now.
3: <laughs> I'm gonna need to listen to that now. <laughs>
0: I was about to say yeah. That and now I have to listen to that because I, I love Bane in Harley. Harley Quinn is just an excellent show. I love it.
3: It's 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 okay, but um like Bane. Honestly, Bane's the main reason I watch it because he's the, <laughs> he is the best character in that show.
2: This podcast not sponsored by Warner Brothers. The streets
0: will run with not even Warner Zazzy. Brothers is sponsored by Warner Brothers anymore. Yeah right. Anyway, <laughs> Bane wants to see them do a sequel to Up. I remember that. That was funny. Like... <laughs> Classic. Uh, but uh, yeah now i have to listen to this i've never uh, i've talked about before i can't do audiobooks so i've never really listened to any of the even though people always talk about how awesome michael kramer is in those
1: i do find like i zone out a little bit but mm-hmm. sometimes there's a necessity for the time frame to have to listen to it rather than just sit and read it because then i can do other things but it is i still prefer reading a book but it, it is done very well hmm.
2: yeah these chapters were good Obviously, you know, Wax does come back by some crazy magic, which is what Dak and I kind of talked about uh, in the last episode. And so uh, that wasn't a huge surprise because, you know, these are the Wax and Wayne books. Uh, I will say that the I, I really did enjoy. I felt like, uh, again, I feel like all these beats in this story are pretty earned. You know, there that's been some of my problems with, with maybe some of the other books is that some of the stuff doesn't feel earned or doesn't feel cool. It feels a little bit more abrupt. But I think because of the brevity of these books in general, um, the beats come out at a, at a better a kind of a better pace. So I will say that I, I enjoyed each of these things. Wayne, even even Wayne killing Telson kind of off page is not super uh, unearned to me. It didn't feel too abrupt or didn't feel like that wasn't a good ending. And, you know, it said he shot her in the face. We don't know that she's actually dead because she can heal. So so she may not be dead at all. But yeah, I, I enjoyed uh, I enjoyed each of these sections, the, the two chapters that we read. I, I liked the wax and the Edward stuff. Um, I think the only I feel like all the characters were really utilized, obviously, except for Melon, who was still goo for most of the chapters. But yeah, Staris has her moment, Marisai has her moments, and, and Alec has his moments. So it's it was good. I liked it.
0: Yeah, it's nice to have everybody getting a little something to do in the finale, other than like you said, Melon, who. Even, even I guess without like stuff to do, she has a really interesting moment where we get the perspective of uh, her as a mystery. I Actually,
1: thought that yeah, was Yeah, really I like cool. that. I had that before. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was really nice to get that, but also like how awful to go from being, you know, a goo blob to then being sentient to then being returned to a goo blob to be like, oh, what's happening? I don't, like, I have no memories. I don't know what I'm doing. But this isn't right. Something's not right. Like, oh, wow. Yeah.
0: It sounds horrifying. Like that that that's like nightmare fuel right there, where it's like you lose all sentience and memory, and you you just you know something's wrong, but you don't know what it is.
3: Ugh. Yeah. No, I thought this was, I thought these chapters were really cool. Yeah. No. Like, I agree with Joe. I think the fact that everyone got their moment, and it seemed like for a lot of them, they were built up, like in relatively subtle and effective ways. Like Steris had a whole. Yeah. Look, I'm not I'm not particularly useful, but that doesn't mean I'm useless. And then just, like, pulls out the medallion. I thought that was a really cool moment. I really liked Marisai, like, having the power and just going, you know what, this isn't me. And, like, getting more comfortable with who she is and what she's there to do. I thought that was really nice as well. Wayne just executing Telson was brutal. I did think it's like, oh, we really only just got Telson, who's supposedly even higher up than suit in this hierarchy. And, like, you think, well, maybe she, like, they could bump off suit in this one and but we've got the villain set up for the next book. Uh, nope, nah, she's dead. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> but the moment itself with her and Wayne was really cool. So I thought that was great. The only thing I sort of had with these chapters is like suit really took a bit of a backslide into mustache twirling cackling villain territory here. It's like, "Ah, you see, I've made myself a leecher I can get rid of your powers." <laughs> like like this doesn't seem like the crafty bastard we've been dealing with for so long, but I guess he's always handed it up a bit, so that could just be me misremembering.
1: So you really need to listen to the audiobook
3: then, <laughs> Yeah, I guess I do. I need to hear this Bane suit. But uh, yeah, no, like it was, it was cool. I I loved the conversation with Harmony, and how and like how he justified what he did and everything with wax, and so like that that all that all played out really well. Yeah, honestly, just like a really satisfying pair of chapters. I felt like a lot of stuff that we've sort of been waiting waiting for has paid off really well. Plot threads are tying up really nicely. Some new perspectives, which was interesting. Like you already mentioned, like the, the blob monster of Maelan. Also, we also saw like a bit from Suits perspective, which I didn't see coming at all. Mm. And um, from um, Alex Captain, whose name escapes me at the moment.
0: Oh, yeah. I'd kind of forgotten about that when the captain gets her own little moment. Yeah. 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 The suit one is probably the the one that I found, I guess, after Melon's, the the one that I found most interesting because he's always been this like very sort of distant figure. And you're like, you're not sure what's going on in his head. And now that you see it, he's got it's, it's like these wheels turning sort of like he's constantly planning sort of thing.
3: Yeah, which fits what we know of him, so it was kinda cool to see it happening. He's always like, All right, well Telson might be screwed, so hey, maybe I can be sequenced now. <laughs> Opportunistic bastard.
0: Very loving uncle. It's like, yeah, I guess she might be dead, whatever. That is good for me. I mean she recruited yeah, in the organization. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it sounds a lot like she was kind of the the worse of the two almost in some aspects. Like he's calculating, but she seems kind of brutal. And so he may not have been super thrilled with her in general.
0: According to him, he has tried many times to avoid killing Wax throughout the the years since Wax came back to the city. Telson does not seem to have a problem with shooting her brother in the, in the neck. So maybe that supports this. OK, so something that came up in everybody's kind of thing. So I, I usually would save this for predictions, but I'm curious now. Do we think that Telson is dead? I I think it would
2: be more interesting if she wasn't, because I feel like Wayne's the kind of guy that even though he wants to shoot her, it's because he knows she'll heal. Mm. So he's like just he's just doing it to get his own kind of emotions out. And after that, you know, he can like wax. I think he's the lawman in as much as he's not going to
0: kill somebody if he can avoid it. But maybe I'm wrong. Would it make it easier for Wayne to hold and shoot a gun if he knew that it wasn't going to be fatal?
2: I don't know. I think he makes the decision to hold the gun before he makes the decision on who he's going to kill so mm. or shoot at. So you never know.
1: Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it that way. I was like, wow, this is a big thing for Wayne to have to kill her. But given her abilities, maybe, maybe he did consider it. And I mean, even if we never see Telson again in this book and assume she's dead, There's a nice explanation for her to come back as another villain.
0: That's true. Yeah, it might be that we don't get, find out one way or another, and then it'll be a quote-unquote surprise if she pops back up in the next one. Yeah. Honestly, I forgot she could heal. Well, that was also one of my questions. I'm trying to remember, do we know if she can heal? I know that there was, somebody assumed, and maybe it was Joe in the last episode, that the two of them had given themselves the same set of powers. And I don't know if we know that for a fact.
2: Yeah, if if we don't know that for a fact, I don't think. But my thinking was of all the powers, why would you not want the healing
0: one? Yeah, that is what I would pick. Probably. Absolutely. Okay, interesting, 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 if true. Let's get into these two chapters. So we start with uh, a Wayne perspective of Wax's death and Wayne. He, I like he says he just wanted to sit there and stare at nothing like those fellows in rows nearby. all the, the priests that were dead down here, I would kind of forgotten they were there after, the, you know, the big cave in and whatnot. Like Wax is the only one who'd ever forgiven him or believed in him. And then he thinks and he left me that bastard.
3: I did have a moment. Just like the only one who forgave me. It's like you keep doing things that need to be forgiven, dude. <laughs>
0: I think he probably means, you know, the the big uh, mistake that he's made.
3: I know, I know, but yeah, I, I've 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 been on that train long enough. Everyone knows how that goes.
0: <laughs> There's actually, I think the one email that I was gonna read today is like defending Wayne. So when we get there, we can discuss this. And so he uh he drops his canes, or he had dropped his canes rather, and he reaches down and pulls the shotgun out of uh where Wax keeps it in, in a holster on his leg. And his hands start shaking. He's like, no, we're not doing that anymore. And then he goes to, to shotgun someone we know not who at this point. And honestly, he probably isn't sure who he's going to be fighting when he gets out there because he doesn't know about what's going to go down.
1: I guess it's really the first person who makes him angry that he comes across.
0: Right. And then we turn to Marisai, who is going through sort of the same thought process Wax went through in the last section. Where it's like, okay, no, all that stuff in the temple, it was fake where would you put this weapon? Like the Lord ruler would know what he looks like, what what the weapon looked like when he came back. He's the one who made it. We think of it like bracers, but it didn't have to be bracers. It could be anything And she basically puts it together that you, you make all the other people think that they're either the place has already been robbed after they make it through all the traps, or if they make it all the way down, they find the fake and they think that they've successfully robbed the place. But the sovereign, like you could just, you put it right on the doorstep under the sign of the Sovereign himself, in his own hands. And that's when she looks closely at the spearhead and sees that it is not aluminum, it's a bunch of different metals woven together. Yeah, fucking called it. Yep, there you go. Dak, as soon as it popped up, Dak was like, that's it, it's that. He was looking for it the whole book, practically, though. He's like, there's gonna be something. I, I think it would have been funny if that was wrong, too. And it turns out it was uh, something else altogether.
3: <laughs> turns out it was actually the
0: shotgun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But the thing is, like, like she says, or she thinks here, it's like you can't use the power unless you like know that it's there, basically. Like, unless you know to try, just holding the thing is not going to let you know that it has this power. So it totally could be something random, like that nobody, nobody ever thought of it as possibly a metal mind or whatever before, so nobody ever knew.
1: But also, you can't act on it, or well, they could act on it because they were looking for sources of metal. Did they just think it was just a chunk of metal, or they really thought it was aluminium because it's 16 metals woven together but all those metals you can push and pull and it's just got extra magic power because it's such a special magic object i don't i don't understand how that works we
0: established in the last book i think when uh when wax like they have the crazy guy and he walks in and all he does is like push on the metal mines that are laying on the table he's like those aren't really metal mines uh and they're like what are you talking about and he's like no like uh something with with like a metal mine that has power in it is harder to push for some reason, and so we established back mm. then, that it's like when something is infused with power, that's right. that it, you, the abilities can't affect it as much. And so this has so much power that he couldn't even like tell. It it like was, you
1: know, right? But Vin could remove the braces because the braces weren't really the. Yeah, mammoths.
0: that's that's a, yeah, that's a whole different question. Is like, but mm. way back in the day, Vin pulls the the bracers off of the Lord Ruler. So of course, I don't she was powerful yeah she got extra (laughs) what you call it power from harmony right well no i mean harmony wasn't around then but she
1: uh
0: yeah she was drawing sorry preservation is what i meant not Harmony. harmony maybe that's the only explanation is that she drew in so much mist juice that she was able to do it i don't know but uh so yeah we cut to wax who is uh Getting, I think somebody was talking about it last time is like a King's Cross sort of thing uh, from Harry Potter, which it basically kind of is. And uh, yeah, God just shows up, says slash harmony is like, hey, what's up? How's it going? He has a cloak trailing behind him of timelessness, which like kind of the description of that is neat. And he has the terrace V pattern robes, but the V's are like strata of time. I like he was still wearing the robes. Right? Yeah. And Wax says, which I don't think, like, we we talked about whether or not Harmony was still doing this, because it's what Preservation used to do. Wax is like, they say that you come to all people when they die. So I guess that's a yes, he is still doing that. And he says, Harmony says that it is among his most sacred duties, or what he considers his most sacred duties. Even with other matters pressing, I find time to take this walk. And he tells Wax that, yeah, you're dead, your body, mind, and soul have separated. One will return to the Earth, another to the Cosmere, and the third, even I do not know. That's interesting. He still hasn't figured out whatever is beyond for souls, I guess. Which we know back at the end of the first trilogy, he's like, yeah, you know, Ellen and Vin are dead, and uh, I'll figure out how to put them back in their bodies at some point, but for now I'll let them rest and then we find out in secret history that they just kind of like disappear off into the distance or whatever. So I don't know that he's going to figure out how to put them back. And he he and Wax get into a discussion about like why why don't you do more, God? Prevent children from being killed. Make sure constables arrive on time to stop deaths and stuff. And I don't know, I feel like this is a, a staple of uh, fantasy fiction at least that it's just like if you get to talk to God, then you're like, "Hey, why don't you do more stuff, God?" And God's like, well, I mean, I could, but in the long run, like that's not the the best way to do things. Yeah, I mean, we even see it in that episode of Futurama. Yeah, it's true. Yep. You're this. <laughs> if you do it just right, they won't be sure you've done anything at all.
3: Are you the remains of God that a satellite collided with? That seems probable. <laughs> probable.
0: And so says this basically like, you know, I can't stop all bad things without basically taking away free will. And even if I did stop all bad things from ever happening to people, people would still be mad at me because like, oh, why am I not as rich as Steve next door? It's true. Damn, Steve. <laughs> and Wax is just like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't give me this crap. You're God. You can figure out where to draw the line to prevent the worst of the stuff and still let us lead our own lives. And says is like, Yeah. Maybe I already did that. You don't see the worst because it never gets to you. And he shows him this uh, an image of the planet with a haze of red pressing in on the world and a uh, a strip of light like a bubble around the world stopping it. And Wax is like, what, what's that? And he says a, a representation, a crude one, perhaps. So something is out there trying to get at this planet and Harmony is trying to stop it. I guess, like, Trell, question mark?
3: Well, it's red. And Miles said the colors of Trell were, like,
0: red and gold. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. And so then Wax is like, no, no. This, is even, this isn't even about that. You let her die. You let me kill her. And he he really puts it to him in this way that I did never even occurred to me, basically. Where, like, Wax is mad because Harmony basically tricked him into killing Lessie. And he's like... Well, I mean, would you have wanted someone else to do it? And Wax says no. He's like, okay, but would you want? Would you have wanted her to live on like a slave in her own mind, corrupted by that cursed spike, that would forever leave her scarred, even if replaced? So that's new information. It's like even if we'd taken the spike out and put another one in, it it like it was per, it had done permanent damage to her. And Wax is like, no, I would not have wanted that either. And he's like, okay, but what if you knew that you wouldn't be able to do what you needed to do unless you didn't know? what would you have asked me to do? And Wax is like, no, I don't, 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 don't tell me. I don't want to know. And Harmony's like, I'm sorry for your pain, for what you did, for what we had to do, but I'm not sorry for making you do what had to be done. And so he's just like, look, when I don't protect everyone, I have to trust that they're doing my, that the people are doing what they can do on their own. And because I have other problems to occupy me. And Wax is like, you didn't tell me what it was. And say, says that's because I don't know. And Wax says that, that frightens me and he says like yeah it should which okay yeah that's a problem when god doesn't know and then below on the planet there's like a flicker a spark and when wax says what's that harmony says trust so he trusted that marisai was going to handle things and marisai does handle things i mean he said that he put her in place to do some good and who gee, that's exactly what's happening so she taps into everything it says and i love that uh, one of the first things she does is she uses the physical speed and she moves so fast she can see a packet of vo- a pocket of vacuum left behind. I can talk. She slows her speed when she realizes how fast she's using up the speed. And then everyone around them holds their ears. She's not sure why. And so she shoves all the guards out of the way and she's able to shove suit and tells him by using the spikes that they have pierced themselves with. And so I guess that this after after this moment is when the two of them start running, because we later come upon Suit and Telson separately, like escaping on their own through the snow. They're like, okay, the bands of mourning are in play. We're screwed. We're out of here. And she's so powerful that there's mist coming out of her, which that seems like it might not be a good thing. I don't know.
1: It seems like yeah, an excessive amount of power. Yeah, So even. I mean, I guess we kind of saw it with Vin. I feel like with it was coming out of way. her. Yeah. Yeah, like, they were
0: kind
1: of enveloping her, but
0: yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's just it it seems bad when you're when you start smoking is all I'm saying. And so yeah, she has all of this power. She feels like she can do anything, and then as someone mentioned, she realizes like this this isn't what I want. Like this isn't me. And that's when she decides what she's gonna do. And then I love Staris' moment of watching her sister fly away, and she's like, huh, unexpected. It's like. Marisai starting to glow, throwing people around with Alamancy and then streaking away, leaving a trail of mist was not on my list of things that might happen. It didn't <laughs> even make the appendix.
3: She's just watching this all happen. She goes, "Ah, oh, well, that's new. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, oh, all of my planning and I never came up with this.
0: Huh. Maybe one of my favorite Steris quotes is her follow up where she's just like, she sees all this. She's like, that's really unexpected. And she's like, huh. I shall have to enlarge my projections of what is plausible during activities such as this, don't you think? It's just so perfect. She's not freaking out. She's not. She's just like, huh. I guess I'll have to reevaluate how I'm uh, how I'm doing this. And then we get her thing where it's it's an interesting because when she gives herself seven out of a hundred in that earlier discussion, it's just like, oh, why are you giving yourself such a low number? But I don't know that anyone asked why. What has she done that she gives herself seven instead of zero? which we could have come up with answers. I mean, she's throwing up on Q, which I feel like is worth more than seven by itself. Sure. But uh, she's like, I had, I couldn't give myself zero because I do have some uses and she's hidden one of uh, the medallions in her notebook, which is something that's really planted in the story. Well, if you reread it and it's such a small detail that I was just like, he went to a lot of trouble to foreshadow this because when they're sitting in the skimmer way back when, Wayne sees her like messing with her notebook and he's like, what's she like making notes about or whatever? And then later on, I think Marisai notes that she's writing on like the back of her notebook instead of one of the pages. And she's like, what, did she fill up that whole notebook? Why is she writing on that? And so it's just call, it's 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 foreshadowed so well that I'm like, why was there such a need to like significantly foreshadow this? I don't feel like it's that big a story point, but it is a nice moment.
2: Yeah, that's why. Because it's a nice moment well, let me- for
0: Starris. We're rooting for her. It's a moment for
3: her, but it's also a moment for Alec and his people. This is the thing that gets them back on track.
0: That's true. Uh, Okay, then we cut back to Wax and Harmony. And Wax is like, so I just fade off into nothing? And he's like, I don't think it's nothing. There's something out there. But maybe that's just my own uh, desires talking. Maybe I just wanted there to be something. And Wax is like, that's not Aren't you omnipotent? It's like, no, but I believe that parts of me could be. And Wax is... Says that doesn't make any sense, which, yeah, I get you, Axe, it doesn't make any sense. And Harmony says it won't until I make it do so, which also doesn't make any sense. And Harmony gives him two choices. Pick a pick a hand, pick one of the pills, red or blue pill. In the right hand is freedom and in the left hand is something else.
3: In the right hand, ride a corpse boat into the sunset.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, that sounds fun. Corpse boat, great band name. I'm pretty sure we've we, we've yeah okay. That, that's we've already I'm made thinking, that joke. I'm yeah. sure.
3: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, there's a there's a page I follow on Instagram. Like some guy has picked up like one of the you know right wing sensationalist newspapers like of the country, and he takes like a, a few choice words from their sensationalist headlines and and makes them into album covers. <laughs> it's the coolest thing ever. That's, it's it's really funny.
0: That's some creativity. I like that. But okay, so from this hand, he hears a female voice being like, Wax, this will heal you. Come on. And he says, that hand is duty, isn't it? And Harmony's like, no, no, no. You've always seen it like that. Duty versus freedom, burden versus adventure. And you always made the quote unquote right choice while everybody else played. And so you resent it. And Wax is like, no, I don't. And Harmony just looks at him. This is the understanding in his face was infuriating. It's like God knows you, dude. It's fine. And he says, this hand is not duty. It's a different adventure. And when he reaches for that hand, Harmony pulls it away. And he's like, are you sure? And Wax says, yes, I'm sure I have to. It's who I am. He says, then maybe you should stop hating that, my son. Which here we go. I, everyone is getting some character growth here. Marisai gets character growth with, in, with her decision and how comfortable she is with uh, what she's chosen later. Wayne gets some character growth and, you know, holding, coming to a decision, holding a gun, shooting some guy. Yeah, it's like, oh, Batman grabbed a gun. Yeah, exactly. And Wax has a personal discussion with God, where God's like, dude, you need to be less harsh on yourself. Accept who you are, basically. And before Wax goes, he wants to know, did she come here to this place when she passed? And Harmony says, she asked me to look after you. because so that's very sweet.
1: Oh, heartbreaking.
0: Mm. And so it is Marisai who has brought Wax, the Bands of Mourning, I feel like it's weird to call them call it the bands of mourning when it's like a big one single big chunk of metal. But whatever the stabbing thing of morning, <laughs> big, dull spearhead of morning. Yep. And so Wax uh, is healing himself and he's able to throw a rock off of him with just with the power of seal because he's so powerful. And it says he's feeling so much raw power he could level cities or build them up anew. And so she she gives him some medals and he's like, but you could have done this yourself. And she's like, no, I couldn't have it. Just it isn't me. Does that make sense? And he says, surprisingly, yes. Maybe because of that conversation he just had with Harmony about kind of being true to yourself. Sure. And she says, do what you do best. And he's what's that break things break things with style. Falling with style. And that's the end of that chapter. The next chapter, we start with Suits Perspective, which, like I said, this is one of my favorites. And he is practicing, like, okay. First, it's like, oh, Waxillium's followers have the bands, and he's like stumbling through the icy snow, and it's like, oh, this is a crisis. We have to change our timetables. They're coming for us, and so you think it sounds like he's panicking, but in reality, he's practicing his pitch to the other members of the set to decide exactly what approach to take to make them do what he wants them to do. Which, yes, does feel very much, uh, very much him. He's got like this mastermind thing happening. And so apparently it says that, he says, even the most careful of the series would be distressed by the prospect of being technologically outmaneuvered. So I guess the series is, I don't know if that's a rank that's, uh, that's just like, that's, is that the rank in charge? Or is the series like the council of dudes in charge? Or I don't know.
2: Yeah, Sounds like the council to me, because all of these things could be considered series of things.
0: Mm.
3: So then what was the set? Is that just the collective... the whole group and the and the series is the council of the set. Who knows
0: their naming scheme in a way makes sense. And in another way is like completely confusing. (laughs) It
2: made sense, but in a much more real way, it made no sense.
0: (laughs) Well, so yes, he's, he's like, everything has gone wrong here today, but I'll figure out a way to find an advantage in this, which is very admirable of him. I feel like that's, that's like, a a, a batman sort of thing where it's like you know i'm gonna take what i can get and turn make it uh, make it work for me so he comes up to his soldiers who are guarding like the the big ship the one that they found up here that still works and the soldier asks for orders and he says if anyone other than the sequence drops from the sky or approaches your position you shoot them and you keep shooting and so he's just like look they have the bands sure but the bands only work for one guy. If we can make a bunch of these airships, then we can deify an entire army basically, which I feel like you're not taking into account the fact that there's another nation out there that already has these and has for a long time, but whatever. And so they've got the ship operational. They give him one of the weight reducing medallions so that he can, uh, they can fly. They've got the fans unclogged and apparently you prime. So the entire ship has weight changing machinery. Someone named Fed is priming with her ferrochemy to make the ship itself lighter, which I guess that makes sense. We didn't necessarily see that in the little skimmer that we saw flying earlier, but maybe just that like that's a small enough, light enough ship to push up on its own. A bigger ship would be harder.
1: You'd think so. It would need a bit of extra help.
0: But yeah, I do wonder about uh, how the ship changing its weight affects things. like that's kind of interesting to me. And so he's like, okay, we're getting out of here. And they're like, wait, aren't we going to wait for the sequence? You know, the boss of uh, of this expedition? Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, where did she go? And then he thinks, maybe this is another one of those things I can make an advantage. I could stand being sequence. So he tells him, like, yeah, she'll join us if she can. Whatever. We got to get out of here. And he, he does have one point in that he's just like, airships could change everything. Travel, shipping, warfare, new types of buildings, new docks for airships will need to be built. And I could be in charge of it all the set had been planning for events a century or more away putting careful plots in motion at his suggestion he was proud of those but truth be told he'd rather they rule in his lifetime which yeah i could see that sure it's like you know all this stuff in the future is good but
3: what about me so he's like i, I put in the work i want some of the credit yeah uh,
2: these possum hunters are taking all the credit for my good ideas <laughs> <laughs>
0: But Jamie, you missed last time when we found out that they had like ferrochemical spikes, I was kind of like, it it worries me that we might be seeing what happened to those women who were kidnapped from the first book that Jamie has talked about several times, like, hey, what Mm. has happened to them? Yeah. But this indicates that maybe Wax's original thought was right, that they're trying to like breed an army and that's what he's talking about, like events a hundred years from now is what we're planning for. So maybe they're still out there. Yeah, I mean,
3: They got enough women, it could be both.
0: Also true. Then again, they have a bunch of... uh, They have have a bunch of allomancers and ferrochemists working for them already, apparently. So I'm like, couldn't you just, like, try to do your breeding stuff with people that you're hiring and not people you kidnapped? But maybe, you know, maybe it's both. (laughs) And then we get the captain's perspective. Her name is Jordis, apparently. Interesting name. And uh, they're all freezing to death. And finally, her... uh, the engine master who's in her sixth decade. It says, which I guess is old uh, is pretty old for this group. How, she says how the woman survived this long. She's the oldest of the crew. And the engine master Petron is like, maybe we should just attack. And then we can like die from their weapons instead of from the cold. And the captain's like, actually that's not a bad idea because this freezing to death thing kind of sucks. And then here comes Alec popping into the tent. He's got his, uh, It's like, I'm sorry to come unannounced, but I bear gifts, as is traditional for visiting someone's home unannounced. Yes. And here's a bunch of medallions that we got. And he says, I've made friends with some of the devils. And (laughs) motions to Starris, who's just kind of standing there.
2: Hello, I'm a devil. That's what what I I wanted. That's what what I wanted Starris to say, but she didn't understand what they were saying. Right,
1: yeah. Which makes the scene even funnier. (laughs) They're having this good old chat, and she's just, like, rumbling about something. Guns. (laughs)
0: because <laughs> yeah, she says something and puts the guns on the floor and he's like i think she wants us to start shooting the other ones
2: <laughs>
0: and the captain's like yeah okay i'm in and they're like look i don't know if we're gonna win this but this is better than uh where, where we were five seconds ago so let's do this when the captain says almost i forgive you alec for your terrible dancing which i don't remember i don't know if you guys remember his story about the bad dancing but uh, apparently on, on an airship, they hang you out the, uh, the ship by your heels or something if you mess up the dance steps. Oh, that's right. So he acted like this story was about someone else. Apparently it was about him. Then we cut back to Wax, who's just, as we find out from Airside later, he, he doesn't, like, find a way out. He just, like, goes straight through the rocks and bursts out somehow.
1: True Wax fashion.
0: Yeah. Like, why... Why well, take a roundabout way when you can just destroy your uh, destroy <laughs> things when it's convenient. That is very, very wax. Is it very loud? Oh, yeah! <laughs> wax is completely red now. Uh, let's see. Okay, so he sees the airship up there, and he hears gunfire. But he's like, I don't think they're shooting at me. They're, something else is going on down there. And he sees the airship, and it's he he's tempted to just destroy the ship. He's like, I could rip it apart by the nails, basically drop everybody to the ground and kill them all. But that's not who I am. He was a lawman. He'd rather die than betray that. Well, die again. And so he sees Darius and Alec kind of leading the fight on the ground against the bad guys. And he helps Ish. Like He drops down, throws a bunch of soldiers around and takes one of the aluminum pistols so that he can uh, use it on, in his attack on the airship. So, I feel like you could have helped your fiance out a little bit more when she's in the middle of a gunfight, but whatever priorities, yeah. I guess. Oh, wax. So he says that it this has given him not just alamancy, but ancient alamancy, maybe even more. Which I feel like, yes, it's even more because even the strongest out, like Ellen had like original alamancer power from the source of alamancer powers, more or less, and he couldn't do what uh, Wax can do here. Which does beg the question, it's like, how did the Lord Ruler or whoever create this? So he smashes his way through the bridge, and Suit is just sitting there all by himself. Although he senses that there's people in the hallway outside. And his uncle's like, ah, time for us to have our confrontation at long last. And Max is like, uh, not much of one. I could destroy you a hundred different ways. And I love his response of like, yeah, I'm sure you could. Sat, I can only destroy you one way. And he's like, why do you think you? I've always beaten you. It was like you haven't beaten. Me. You refuse to fight. That's a different thing. It's like well, sometimes that's the only way to win. And according to his uncle, he's like, I always win because I have creativity. Not just because of my preparation, though that is extensive. It's my creativity. And <laughs> he's like, you're gonna bludgeon me with a painting. <laughs> Suit has armed the giant bomb. And he's like, look. I could blow up everybody on this mountainside and wax like I'd survive. He's like, yeah, what about your friends down there? Like this bomb is supposed to be big enough to take out a city. And in the middle of suits, like villain monologue, wax taps the zinc to increase the speed of his thought so he can think through like a bunch of different scenarios. This is like Doctor Strange and the Time Stone.
1: I had the same the same impression. I thought it was really well written, really cool.
0: Which this this scene is a really good like I've whenever people are like, which powers would you pick? I've always been like mental speed might be real cool. And this kind of highlights that. Sure. It's very Sherlock Holmes. Yeah.
2: Slash Doctor Strange. Wait, those guys were the same, but they didn't (laughs) use that same
0: power in the same way. Well, I guess if like in the Sherlock Holmes movies like Robert Downey Jr. does. uh, Right. But that's not been that's a a different. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's a different person in that same movie. In that same scene where he where he does the time stone thing. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Oh, goodness. So I like wax is like most criminals. If they're like, I'm going to blow us all up. I wouldn't believe them because, you know, they want to survive. But the set has always been kind of fanatic. So before suits, he runs through all these possibilities before like suit has even finished the sentence. And finally, and wax is like, well what do you want? I'm not going to let you go. What do you want? And, like, suit says, I might be creative, but you you are tenacious. You'd, like, chase me across the world, which he kind of has done already, to be fair. And so he says, drop the bands out the window, I'll order the bomb disarmed, and then we have a good old-fashioned duel. We face one another as men without unnatural advantages. Which is total bullshit, because he's got spikes and shit, so...
2: Yeah, the whole setup's ridiculous, because Wax knows he has spikes, Wax can sense the coin in his mouth. It's like, dude, you have so many advantages, it's like you're you're you're
3: completely just lying.
0: It's you know, it's a villain's statement.
3: Yeah, that's kind of the point. He's like, Oh, let's just fight on equal terms while secretly making them as unequal as possible.
0: Huh. It's uh it's uh what's what's the movie that I'm thinking of? It's Rush Hour. He's like, put down the gun, fight like a man.
2: Wipe yourself off, man. You did. <laughs>
3: I was just think of Pirates of the Caribbean. It's like, oh, in a fair fight, I'd
0: kill you. Well, there's not much incentive for me to fight fair then, is there? Right? <laughs> yep. But I do like that he's like, well, Wax is like, I mean, why would I trust you to do what you say? And so it's like, I mean, you don't have to. Give me your word that you'll do it. And Wax does. And he's like, okay, disarm the device. And I love that somebody calls up from, like, the engine room where he's like, okay, yeah, the device is disarmed. And then you're going to be like, thank Trell for that. Like, nobody wanted to blow up, but they were totally going to do it. It's like and
3: one so, of those. Um, it's like, oh yeah, like um, deactivate the bomb. Oh, thank God. they look at each other. It's like we, he was just about to blow us all up. Guys, are we the, are we the baddies?
2: <laughs> <laughs> let me let me ask you something. When you talk, when you think about job security and like you know life security, like does it seem like we're in the right <laughs> line of work to you? Or well, I mean, we get as many women as we want, and they get pay us lots of money. Yeah, but. Is that enough? Like, we might die. He might kill us. Well, could be worse. How could it be worse? A woman could cut your penis off and throw it out the window of a moving car.
0: <laughs> there is <laughs> yeah. always that. It's real hard to tell what these, like, kind of ground-level dudes in the set are thinking. If they're in this for the money or if they're just that fanatical that they're happy to blow themselves up to advance the cause— There's something I kind of skipped over earlier where it's like when suit comes into the ship, like the technician walks up to him to tell him what's up. And it says the technician is bearing the red uniform of the set's hidden guard. And I was like, that's very dramatic sounding. And I don't know what to think (laughs) of what what is what is the hidden guard?
2: it's Just like the red guards for the emperor in Star Wars.
3: (laughs) Right. All all hail Trell,
2: All hail Trell. Red does seem to be Trell's color, especially if this red haze is
0: his d- his doing. Yeah. As the suit has a whole monologue about how, you know, secretly deep down Wax is a killer and he wants to like just he's always wanted to kill me. So this is your chance to do it without breaking the law, essentially, which I'm not sure uh, what the laws are, if duels are uh, within the legal code here. But whatever. We know that they've come up before. So,
3: yeah, but that seems like a it seems like it's a roughs thing. Like it seems like one of those like in the city they'd be like oh this is very uncivilized how dare you sir
0: well earlier in this book we we found out that he like broke some guy's nose when he's like the guy challenged him to a duel or something and he's like I had I I saved him from me having to kill him in a duel by just breaking his nose with a headbutt that's right that because that that was stairs things like don't headbutt anybody at this party or whatever
3: Uh okay I don't
0: remember that at all that was forever ago yeah right. And so they're about to start. Uh, they're about to start their duel when we cut to Telson, who is also scrambling through the snow. And she's thinking, "Man, suit, what a fucking idiot! I always knew that he was stupid." But flying off in that airship—that's the first place they're gonna look. Which, yeah, okay, point. You do make yourself a big target in that airship. But I think that he had a decent approach. It's very much a.
3: Oh yeah, you're painting a target on yourself by taking a mode of transportation that isn't walking through the snow, yeah. like. <laughs> Oh, that's such that's such an obvious thing. Yeah, because it means not dying.
0: <laughs> well, mainly suit is interested in, you know, the technological possibilities here. But uh, I agree that not dying from uh, freezing to death in the mountains is probably a, uh, a very useful secondary benefit. Frostbite is not a joke, kids. Nope. But she has her own plan. She's like heading towards the skimmer. No one is paying attention to the little ship while the big ship's flying. And she's figured out how to fly it. And she's like, man, today's been a disaster. Wax knows about the subterfuge. The set is exposed. Our plans are crumbling. But she's got a very negative outlook, whereas Suit was like, ah, this is all an opportunity for us to get ahead. But then again, Suit attracted the attention of Wax with the Bands of Mourning. So maybe Telson was closer to the truth. But I, I do like the way, from her perspective, like she doesn't know it's coming. She's, She hears something bang, and then the snow all around her is suddenly red. And she's like, wait, what? And a voice says, you killed one of my friends today. I'm not going to let you take a second. And here's Wayne with a shotgun. And she says, you, you can't guns. And he's like, yeah, about that. Cocking the shotgun is a very action movie sort of moment as he lowers the barrel to her face and fires. I feel like that's the more like Western movie conclusion here than what Wax does where he falls out of a flying ship. But whatever. Yeah, very much so. Then we get Marisai, who's just like cr- trying to find a way out from the catacombs. Basically, she finds like a little path, and she's like, wax just ripped out through straight through the stone. Half the chamber collapsed as a result. Which okay, she's real lucky she's not dead then. And she just feels real comfortable with what she did, handing out off this power to someone else, and like who she is. And it's a very it's a very nice moment for Marisai, who has always been this person who was not comfortable with herself and everyone has always told her she's not good enough and I so, think too
1: she can see that what she did even though it's not for her long term what she did like she she had to be the one to do that
0: yeah and i mean when we first met her and we found out she had allomantic powers she was she's embarrassed of her power she's always wanted something better something more useful and now it's just like she's she's comfortable she had she had more she had as much more as you could probably get and she realizes that that's not who she wants to be. So I, I, I really like this for Marisai. This feels like a, a really nice moment for her character. Yeah, absolutely. And then she finds Melon still just hanging out, lobbing around. She's like, oh, that sucks. I can't really do anything for her oh. right now. But And then she sees Wayne. She hears the gunshot, and Wayne just walks out of the snow holding three spikes in his hand. So Telson had all three... The, the one that they're looking for, for Indiana Jones, Condra and the two that belong to Malon.
1: And I guess if she didn't die, she was incapacitated long enough for Wayne to actually get yep. this wax.
0: So it's a win either way. Yeah. And then we get Suit and Wax about to have their duel. And Wax knows, you know, that Suit's got his whole thing. And so he's not even really trying to get off the first shot and win this duel. Because, I mean, as somebody mentions, he knows Suit can heal. It's what's going to, what's the good going to be of shooting him? Like, he can heal you can't. We know who's going to win this gunfight. So what he does is he just runs at him. He takes the hit and grabs him. And Suit's like, ha, I've made myself a leecher. So now you have no Alamancy, You're dead. Mustache twelve. Yeah. And uh ha 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 ha. And Wax is like, you never learned to mind your surroundings. Wait, no, that's a different. Uh... Yeah, it's
2: a different Batman film.
0: He's like, I'm not Wrong surprised bat. that you forgot. You've always hated bat villain. I'm a terrorist, man, Uncle. And he uses his ferrochemy, which apparently leeching does not affect ferrochemy in any way, which I, I guess it makes sense. Leeching like takes away your metals that you're burning. You don't need to burn metals here, so. Sure. And he basically just also rips... really
1: cool use of his ferrochemy.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, these ships are so based on this becoming lighter thing that he just basically rips it apart by becoming way, way heavier. And it's great.
1: Seems it's, like a design flaw.
0: For... Well, I mean, you probably assume that people flying on the ship want the ship to stay in the air as a rule. Mostly. Yeah. But I, I agree that it's it's, it's it's suit as being very uh, mustache really here where he's once he, he figures out what's going on. He's like, you fool, which is just that's such a villain thing to say. But I love that they, they rip through the bottom of the ship, and he basically rides his uncle down. <laughs> like He gets above him, and is just, like, falling on top of him. And as he screams, Wax can push the coin out of his mouth and into the ground so that he, he can slow them down. Or that he can allow Suit to slow them down, I guess. He lets Suit do the pushing, and he decreases his weight, because he doesn't have any more uh, alamancy because Suit has leeched him, so... And he has his very dramatic. He's like a lawman is the guy that takes the bullets. Nobody else has to. And then he decks him and knocks him out, which I I feel it's kind of weird that you can't heal from that. You can heal from getting shot, but not from knocked out. But maybe, you know, I guess you can't actively try to heal when you're unconscious. I don't, I don't know. Get- Miles was unconsciously healing way back when, wasn't he? That's true. But I think that we found that we found out that was because he was, like, constantly healing at all times, basically. So he just, like, had it right. Yeah, that makes sense. We get the Melon point of view where she's, like, in terror. She wants food. She wants a place to hide. She's cold but doesn't understand what cold is and can't taste dirt, can only taste stone. And she's, like, deep down, she knows there's something really, really wrong, but she doesn't know what. And then the things start dropping on her and it's her spikes. She doesn't realize that at first, but she comes back to herself pretty quickly and she's lost some of her memory. She doesn't remember everything that happened in this room, but she remembers most of it. It's interesting. It's like as she formed her eyes first, but she knew what she would see because she already tasted him on the air and knew his flavor. It's a little bit weird, but at the same time uh, they've been, uh, very intimate so i believe it <laughs> and wayne says welcome back i think we won and that's the end of our chapters so i feel like between this se- section and the last section we read we've run through a real quick sander lanch in this book and we still we have a couple chapters left so
3: i'm gonna say we have but i feel like they've it's been an immensely satisfying one
0: mm.
3: like the last the last book i'm just like oh just seemed kind of a I don't want to say a slog, but it just didn't, I, I didn't feel comfortable with it by the end of the book, whereas this one, I'm just like, oh yeah, Like I know there's still two chapters in the epilogue coming, so there's still shit to do, but it feels neater, I guess. Mm.
2: Yeah, I, I just reiterate that I feel like all the beats in this were earned. I feel like the story is pretty tight from top to bottom. There are a few red herring things that aren't wrapped up, at least not yet that we can just chalk up to, I guess, the set trying to distract Wax. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I feel
0: like this is a pretty tight, tight story. Yeah, we still don't – sorry, I'm trying to think of bits of the story. Like, we had, we have the ape Manton symbol, which I think Wax at least has decided right. was bullshit, and he's not actually there. That was just a distraction. Yeah, same thing with the bandits, because I think the bandits
2: are specifically said to be a distraction.
0: Yeah, we had the yeah, bandits on I... the train robbery, they which off. they mention is a distraction, but at the same time – there's an indication that they were looking for something on that train. Right.
2: Yeah. And, I think they're yeah. looking
0: for the cube. I think and, that's Yeah, that's I was what gonna say that's a ban. it it there's at least an implication that it was the cube because they're like and then he immediately lost it or something like that. But that opens the question of like, but the cubes came from the airship, right? So how is it on the train? Like, what's going on there? So yeah, there's there's definitely some things that are still not completely yeah. cleared up.
3: We figured and in a surprising out surprising Tr like eight Manton will be Trell's human form. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I guess the the coin medallion thing that Hoyd gives wax is like one of the medallions for these peoples.
0: It's I mean, definitely like made that, of like multiple metals like these are. Yeah. So, like so like that would be my creation. guess. So then what what does that one do?
2: Well didn't they use it? Didn't they No,
0: I don't think I don't they used that one. Oh, okay. I thought they did. Well, and the thing is, it it is made of the different metals, but it also has, like, a picture of somebody with a spike through one eye, and I don't think any of the other medallions are mentioned as having, like, that kind of picture.
2: That's true. We we theorized that it was Marsh because he's the only person we've known with one spike in an eye.
0: Yeah, Yeah, there's still some some stuff left, but once again, there are still two chapters in epilogue, so who knows what will get resolved. Let's move into predicaments, I think
2: so how do i think this book's gonna end i I think edward and maybe even Telson are gonna end up in jail because i don't know that Telson's dead dead but even if she is dead you know edward can still go to jail i feel like that's not gonna hold either of them if if they do go to jail i feel like at some point they're going to escape or maybe the set will have them murdered to keep them from from Mm. talking about their plans which you know, I don't think either of these people would do that, but maybe Edburn would to cut a deal. But Telson doesn't strike me as the type of person who would who would talk to get a get a get out of uh get out of something. But maybe I'm wrong about that. So I would imagine that somebody is going to get this airship device information. Somebody who's who's in the who whose hands it will be wrong to have it. So some bad guy is because potentially the airship kept flying i don't know if it was destroyed enough that it would fell out of the sky but potentially it kept flying and those other people in the set got away so they could get that airship technology based on them getting away so there's that possibility for sure Uh, And I think that I've been predicting this for a little while. I think last book, there's going to be some kind of major conflict in Elendel and where people are going to turn on wax. I think I feel like that's still a major possibility. There's definitely been talk of war throughout this whole books, uh, not the whole book, but a lot of the books. So I think it's very there's a very strong possibility that that will happen. And so maybe that's what we'll we'll see this next book uh, that hasn't even come out yet. So we don't really know what's going to be in it. So
0: right yeah, you guys are almost completely caught up on Mistborn here, so. Yeah, I'm 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 almost in as much dark as you guys are on uh, where this could be going at this
2: point. Yeah, I also think in the epilogue that um that Wax and Stairs will get married. Either that or oh. they'll put off the wedding until maybe the next book.
0: Well, it would be nice if they got married and Wayne didn't ruin it this time, I guess.
2: Sure, sure. Well, Wayne's got his own girl now, and he's got a <laughs> steady hand, and so he's he's a different guy. So you you think you think that suit would uh, would talk to cut a deal? It seems like the kind of thing he'd do, but maybe he'd be too scared of the set to do it. I don't know. Mm.
0: Yeah, okay, that's fair.
3: I also think, like, it'll uh, end with the wedding. I do think that, like, Wayne's issues with Steris haven't really been resolved yet, so maybe, I don't know, it'd be nice if maybe he did try and pull something, but Marisai's on, like, like, oh no, scratch that. Maelan's the one who convinces him not to. That might be nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like that'll be the epilogue the only real story beat I sort of predicted coming out of this was they've got the spike back for the grave robber Kandra, whatever his name was. Ray Lure. Yeah. And um, I feel like that, yeah, he's like, they're going to put the spike back in him and he's going to have other knowledge of something that we haven't really seen coming at all. Like he's going to have knowledge of something trail related, something he gained while being attacked by the set. And, so there are all things like oh we'll get his spike back and he'll be really happy and re- and really thrilled and then they'll put, he'll put it back in he will just start screaming and just goes don't you guys fucking get it he's coming and yeah it's going to be
0: like a, oh shit what's happening Yeah, we definitely know from the the harmony bit that there's something coming something trying to get in and, yeah and uh, if uh, so yeah if well
3: if if they've been building up trell now for 3 books and if, like, the next book is the last one of this series, I'm like, well, that's clearly where this has got to go. So, yeah, Ray Lure is going to have some kind of knowledge of that. So, yeah, I I look forward to seeing how, how that plays out. But aside from that, I really don't see what else is going to go down. I'm not sure. Like, it seems like, I'm just like, yeah, there's two chapters left. What are they going to do? A lot of it does seem to be wrapped up by now, which is unusual for this point of the game, I guess.
0: Yeah, right. It's kind of nice to uh, feel like we've gotten a nice complete story at this point instead of being yeah. like, how is this going to be done by the end of the book?
3: Yeah, it's like, I'm sure there's got to be some other twist in the tale. Who knows what? Maybe suit has one last exit strategy, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah,
1: okay. yeah. yeah so I, I don't have a huge amount more, I think, than what's already been said. Um, we're kind of at that sort of wrapping up point of the book now. I reckon suit still got something up his sleeve. We know he's not dead, but he's he is a bit of a wild card. Not to play into that naming convention too much. Um, <laughs> I had thought that. That's all. But Yeah, I I also think. I mean, I don't actually think he would be willing to trade information for a deal. I see it far more likely that he'd be willing to probably die to protect the secrets like he he said he'd never die but I can't imagine him just turning on the set like I feel like the consequences if he was still alive and turned on the set would be worse but it really depends on Telson if she's dead or not I think maybe I thought she was just dead but I think maybe maybe she's not now like she was down long enough for Wayne to grab the spikes and maybe think she's dead but I think it would be cooler if she was able to come back in some form a bit later, finish off their, their villainous ways. And I very much hope that uh, Wax and Steris managed to make it down the aisle, particularly after Wax's conversation with Harmony. I feel like it's not necessarily, it doesn't make it better, but it is a little bit of closure for him. But, you know, it would have been worse and I understand, like I understand why it had to be that way as much as it's awful and I wish it was different. Like, I get it. So I'm hoping that he's able, to make, like, maybe he's in a better mind frame to mindset to be getting remarried now. So I hope that that's the that's thing that's going to happen. And, yeah, we're, we're obviously a bit off making predictions for the next book, but Trell has to come into it in the next one, for sure. And we've got to figure out what Harmony's issue is. Somewhere, it's got to be related to Trell.
0: You would think, right? After yeah, everything we mm. have heard about Trell, yeah.
1: Saying like Harmony's been a bit distracted, and mm-hmm. we just have no answers on why or what that is, and maybe it's got to answer, you know, where did the soul go? Question. Maybe that's that's kind of where we're looking in the next book.
0: That makes sense. I I do like the the idea that after this conversation, maybe he'll be in a better headspace to get married than he was before, because he was kind of freaking out at that wedding at the beginning mm. of the book. uh Yeah how do you think it's going to affect his relationship with Harmony? Like, is he going to be able to now go back to not hating God or is there still going to be some strange stuff there?
1: I feel like he's not going to be, Oh, Oh good. My, my old buddy Harmony. Now I think though there's a little bit more understanding of, of why Harmony runs the show the way he does, you know, especially his speech about like, where does it stop? Do I stop people from getting injured? Do I stop someone from burning their own house down? you know where does it end everyone's always going to want more i have to make those calls and they suck but you know we have to learn and grow and nothing will happen if i hand everything to you so i'm hoping that wax kind of can understand that a bit more um and just just have a little bit more peace I think is where he needs to be it doesn't have to agree with everything that harmony does but i feel like rather than rejecting harmony outright now he can at least work with him
0: that would be an improvement, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. All right. I'm willing to work with Harmony
3: again. Harmony's like, good, because I've got someone who uh, has requested your help, and Marsh just walks in and is like, yep, I, I'm Batman, I need a Robin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, we got the impression from Marsh that he and Harmony are not necessarily always on the same page, so who knows?
3: Uh, yeah, but, like, if, if um, say, he just rocks up at Marsh's house and goes, um, there's an evil god knocking at the door. Marsh's like, ah, I'll get my kit.
0: Yeah, probably he'd be on board something, <laughs> One would think, yeah. One would hope evil would god, think. eh? Call those possum hunters. <laughs>
3: We're going to need some outside help. Say <laughs> <So> he's like, <laughs> you don't mean, oh no, 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 no.
0: Hey there! <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Harmony's like, Marsh, you're going to have to contact them. He's like, are you sure? Yes, I'm afraid so. All activate right. the possum signal Bra-na-na, Bra-na-na.
0: possum signal <laughs> uh, okay okay we got this, what do we, we got, got some we got some predicaments that was good uh and we have to move into a couple of emails that i'm going to read which we got another one that's for the end of the book so we're gonna have several emails next time of people who <laughs> send in stuff for the end of the book in the meantime how many's he's a couple i think Three now that I've, I've been saving two for a long time. And then this week we had another one. See, so yeah, I think there's three that we're going to have next week. Um, okay. you know, su- uh, assuming nothing more comes in. So this first one is from Nathan. And Nathan says, hi, Data and the rest of the crew. If you decide to read this on the podcast, I've been reading through the Cosmere for the first time alongside the podcast for a couple months now. I knew some basic stuff about the universe before starting. So I had at least a vague understanding of some things like shards and hoid going into it. I'm currently on episode two of secret history and had to replay the section where Jamie said that the drifter was another hoid about six times. The fact that you were able to hold it together and not give any kind of reaction is a level of non-spoiler commitment. I don't think I could ever hope to achieve. I'm also genuinely, genuinely starting to be become convinced that Jamie has read these books before. Keep up the great work, Nathan. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't remember
1: her saying that at all. Yeah. It was, I, think... I don't remember saying it six times.
0: <laughs> right, that that was like it's it might have been. I think we we joked about there being like a school of you know hoids out there where they were teaching. Oh, that's like right.
2: And, yeah. Sure, I do remember that.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah.
0: Also, Sexy in trifter.
1: terms of having read the books, I can assure you I have not. And I I think as you find post secret history, um, my predictions get worse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really, it's that she's given everyone else a chance to get some good predictions in. That's right. In there. That's right she's she's <laughs> helping us out
1: just shutting up over here <laughs>
0: yeah. that's a t-shirt idea the sexy drifter yeah, that was that was uh one of my uh, that one was of my, an idea wasn't yeah, it yeah that, that's an idea on the list it just is, i know it's i'm just reiterating idea. it's a great idea yeah joe's uh, joe's supposed to be getting us some shirts for the con for dragon yeah. Steel, which for people listening to this should be next week for you guys uh,
2: oh wow yeah it's coming up i forget
0: i keep forgetting so uh Get excited. If you're gonna be at Dragon Steel next week, then come look for us. Did we decide for sure what's gonna be on the shirts? Because it's our last chance to tell them basically.
2: Yeah. Uh well, look, I talked to my sister in law, but it's still kinda up in the air. So if we are wearing shirts, uh Well, we're they're... gonna be
0: wearing shirts of some kind. Well,
2: yeah, but if we're wearing shirts that, that are specifically <laughs> kind of based, on... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if we're wearing shirts specifically based on the show, then they're gonna be black shirts that say Ask me about my volcano theory. So come check us out if you can uh if, if we are indeed wearing those shirts. If not, I'll wear a, a name tag that says Joe from the Sandalanch or something. We'll figure <laughs> it out.
0: So, yeah, if you guys spot somebody wearing, ask me about my Volcano Theory shirts, come up. Uh, ask yeah, about these shirts the, will, the will be black. Theory.
2: So if you see somebody who, like, quickly after this podcast, I shouldn't have said they were black. Because now somebody's going to go out and they're going to make these shirts before we have a chance. Uh, Surely a week's not enough time for them to get that together. But maybe I'm wrong. We'll see.
0: Yes, we are going to have promotional items for the show, so that's one of the reasons I like the ask me about my volcano theory thing, because even if someone has no idea what the show is, they're like, hey, let me ask you about your volcano theory, and then we'd be like, well, listen to the Sander Lange podcast, here is a promotional item that we are handing out, so Joe will have one item, and I will have one item, and we'll be uh, handing until they run out. Yes, and find us both,
2: because we'll have different items, so, you know check check it check
0: out what we got i'm just picturing like
3: approaching some random person on the street who has a shirt that says ask me about my volcano theory and everyone's like oh are you from Sandland? he's like no i'm a geologist what are you talking about
0: <laughs> sander <what>? <laughs> <laughs> well if, if they're wearing a shirt that says that then they're trying to provoke your conversation anyway so you you, you you got it started. <laughs> they That's still the want to talk like, to you it's fine
3: yeah yeah he's still he's still just like oh yeah no, no like volcanoes are gonna like Blanket the planet someday. Like, you know, we, we we need to get on this. And everyone's like, "Man, I was trying to talk to you about Hoyd, but okay."
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so yes, we're gonna be there. Hopefully, it'll be a lot of fun. I'm I'm excited. Uh, big uh, about this big Yeah. Have to, Never been uh, to Utah either, so that'll be interesting. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I wore I, I was at Disney World this past weekend. One of the days, uh, I think at Epcot or something. I wore my Hoyd shirt that just says Hoyd in giant letters, and nobody noticed at that time. I was at I, don't know, I was at uh, Animal Kingdom one time, not this mm-hmm. week, but a previous year, and the guy in front of me had like a Stormlight Archive shirt and struck up oh, a conversation cool. with him based on that. But so they're out there. There's fans everywhere of uh, Brandon's books. You got to find them.
3: There oh, are yeah, hope so, them, you hope Otherwise, who the else. hell's listening to us?
0: Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Right. Uh, exactly. Okay. The other email I want to do this week is called Wayne Defense, and it's from the Magic Pencil Animations. It says, hey, Sanderlanch crew, just felt I should defend Wayne a little. One aspect of him in particular, actually, his trading. Wayne steals stuff not because he wants to be funny or quirky, but because he has a compulsion to do so and cannot fully control himself. He has kleptomania. Getting mad at him is similar to getting mad at Starris for being socially awkward. Not exactly the same, since Starris' social awkwardness doesn't hurt others and doesn't cause problems, but it's in a similar vein, in my opinion. Also... Stealing from Wax is him doing his best to limit the damage that his kleptomania causes. By stealing from someone who is, A, rich enough to afford it, B, won't get mad at or try to arrest him, and C, might not even notice, since he's so uninterested in the affairs of his house. Now, Wayne does have other issues that are purely him. Harassing Renette comes to mind. But his kleptomania is something that he struggles with, not something he does just for fun. That's that. Email. Uh, I guess. I, I see your point.
3: I think it... You pr- you, they've probably got valid reasoning in there, but because the books present it largely as comedically, it's sort of hard to take in the manner you've suggested. So, mm. yeah, I guess that's it's kind of a gray area. But I, I I do see your point there, so well made. I, don't,
0: I feel like calling it something he struggles with doesn't ring true because he never seems to try to resist. He always does it, and then... Acts like, well, why are you upset about that? Like I traded you something perfectly good for this. And it. Right. I, when, when something is that socially unacceptable and frankly illegal in a lot of situations, I feel like you can't just be like, well, you know, it's part of who I am. Like it's uh, it, it's a uh, right. It's, it's, it's a thing that I have. I mean, you go to jail in that instance, he, or, or to a psychiatric hospital for the criminally sure. insane or whatever. So yeah, your personality is not an excuse for your behavior. That's something
2: that you, that some people find it very hard to learn, but your personality is not an excuse for your behavior.
0: I, I get, I, I do get the perspective that he can't help it. And it does, it does in a lot of ways seem like something that i don't I don't know that i that I would say he can't control it because we never see him try or even think about controlling it we never see him acknowledge that it's wrong in any way right
1: it's it's always a why can't you understand that like i I haven't like your net gain like you're net about the same you you had an object and now you have this object to take into account any importance or sentimental value of the item like you know cha- yeah trading a rat's tail is not acceptable <laughs> But he just – yeah, he doesn't seem to – he doesn't seem to think at all, like, yeah, I know this is mm-hmm. wrong, but I can't help myself. For him, he's like, well, what's your issue? Even when people voice they have an issue with it.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean, he does use it to take – like, it, for the most part, he seems to use it to take more wealthy people down a peg and to help poor people up by, like mm. – You know, he gives like a silver spoon to some street urchins to go buy a bunch of buns or whatever, and he trades the the he trades wax most of a rat for his hat because wax can afford to lose the hat as as this guy or this person was pointing out. So, I mean, if he's going to do it, he could be worse about it for sure. But I don't know that that's a a real good excuse. Yeah, yeah, the whole not not being a jerk as you could be.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, fundamentally, I don't think Wayne is a bad person. Mm. Like, deep down, I think he has good intentions. But he just, just when you think he's, it's like, oh, okay, we actually don't mind Wayne. Here we go. He does something else that you're just like, why are you like this? (laughs) It's not just the stealing things and swapping things. Like, the Renette situation was pretty bad like what he what he does to wax i like guess stealing but then like ruining his wedding because he doesn't like steroids and mm-hmm. it's like dude it's not okay that's not how friends behave it's not how people should behave in general but you particularly don't do things like that to your friends
0: yeah agreed so he's got wayne is a mixed bag and i think that we've all acknowledged that like he's he's fun and he's funny and he's he's wacky and fun to read about, even when he's being horrible, I think. Well, most of the time when he's mean to stare us, we're like, I don't even want to read that, dude. That's be nice. Yeah. We love Steris But yeah, he's he's got he's 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 a, he's a mixed bag. That's how I'm going to put it. Mixed bag, mixed bag of nuts. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly. Uh, OK, I see two almonds touching. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like almonds. I will say that. That's if, if I'm going to have mixed nuts, I feel like they always end up being like all almonds and peanuts. And that's yeah, I
2: like I like peanuts. I like cashews, I'm not an almond guy. I leave little bits in my mouth. I'm not into it.
0: I like peanuts. OK, but I don't like them to be half of like the mixed nuts. And I don't need that to be 50 percent of what I'm paying. That's fair. Uh, <laughs> anyway, random sidebar about mixed nuts. Uh, usually I'll just buy cashews. Just Right in about your preference on mixed nuts. We have two new patrons. For Joe to oh uh, word yeah assign some uh, some ferrochemical abilities to
2: okay so okay let's list, let's let's hear it
0: oh yeah I got it okay so the first one is Katie who pledged at the misting level Katie you are a wind whisperer. you store senses
2: mm, that's you that's, that's tin metal
0: yeah what anniversary is tin
2: uh, I don't know actually. They, it's all screwed up, because they got, like, the
0: traditional and the modern list.
2: So, like, everything's oh, all... yeah. Traditionally, ready, all tin up.
0: or aluminum is 10th anniversary, apparently. Oh, apparently. nice. Interesting. Anyway, that's completely irrelevant. Uh, <laughs> so, thank you, Katie. And uh, our other one is John, who pledged at the Ska level.
2: Ah, uh, John, you, sir, since we were talking about mental speed earlier, you're a sparker. You store that mental speed. That's one of my
0: favorites. Well done. So... Speaking of, I haven't had any more time since I was gone for a week to work on editing the Possum Hunters, but I did edit before I left a bunch of stuff. I started, okay, so step back one step. I finished as of as of this recording. It was five days ago, so on the 25th of October, the last section of Bastille versus the Evil Librarians, uh, my my read through and reaction to that went up on uh, for patrons on our Patreon. And once I was done with that, I started in on the preview chapters that have been going up for The Lost Metal. So I have, uh, as of this recording, I have read the first 11 chapters of The Lost Metal and recorded reaction, uh, let's see, that's three, four episodes, I guess, that I have recorded so far. And I have I've uploaded them to come up to post on tuesdays and thursdays and the first one came went up on this last thursday the uh the 27th so the first chapter uh, or the first the prologue and chapters one and two of the lost metal are also up on the patreon and so i hope that uh if you guys uh, i hope you guys will enjoy that if you've been holding out to hear about the lost metal this is the time to join up and uh as as he's releasing these chapters, I, I held myself off from starting to read them because I knew that I wouldn't want to stop once I started. So it wasn't until the last episode of Bastille versus the Evil Librarians was about to come out on our Patreon that I was like, well, I guess I better start this. And then I read through in like a couple of hours uh, the first 11 chapters that uh, they post a certain number of chapters each week on Tor.com uh, to preview and so I posted, uh, I recorded all those since then, because I was gone for a week, uh, one more chapter or set of chapters, chapters 12 and 13 have gone up and I may record, re- read and record my reaction to that as soon as we're done here. So, uh, is that like half the book? I don't, I, it seems like that, right? If you're, if you're going by this, that would like, there's 31 chapters in this book. So that's like a third of the book that's up, uh, at this point. for free.
1: Yeah, like how much gets released before the actual book comes out?
0: Well, it, it, they've been doing different numbers of chapters. Some weeks it's one. Uh, I think there was one week where it was three. So two seems to be the most common. So if they continue to release them on Mondays up through the new book, then we'll get two, four, maybe six more chapters. I don't know if they'll release it the week the new book comes out. They might hold off on that one. So, yeah, that'll be... If we got four more chapters, that would be 17. If we got six more, it'll be 19. So, yeah, that seems like maybe more than half the book, depending on how long the book ends. Brandon's Brandon's nice about uh, wetting everyone's whistle, releasing uh, releasing stuff. It's much easier with Stormlight chapters, though, since those books are so huge. When that new one comes out, he can release, like, a whole section, and it's still just, like, a fifth of the book or something. So, yeah, I'm reading those, reacting to those, and that will... uh, Put us put me a little bit ahead of the game when the book actually comes out and I can start uh, and or rather I can finish reading that and it'll help maybe deciding where we go next in this show, which is what we come to now is that for next week, we are reading chapter 30, 31 and the epilogue. So finishing this book for the for mm-hmm. next week's episode should be very exciting. Uh, and that this episode should come out on the seventh. Uh, well, for us, eighth for Australians. And then that one will come out the 14th and then the new book releases the 15th. So we'll be, that's how close we will be wrapping up our coverage of this to when the new book. Oh, wow. Yep. Nailed it. Weirdly appropriate, but it does mean that when the new, but by the time we've finished recording this book, I won't know whether we're going to go straight into the next book. And even if we were going to go straight into the next book, I wouldn't be able to get the book to Dak and Jamie because it won't be out by the time we need to record that episode. So we will have to do something between now but between the end of this book and potentially starting that one if that is the one that we're going to start so i may pull out a short story i don't know i'm going to figure it out i have not figured it out yet so as of right now i don't know where we're going after next week hopefully by next week i will
1: we could look at the chapters that are already released we could just start
0: yep i had considered that but then if we if something later in the book means that we shouldn't do that book next then that would be horrible for us to like read the first uh, and then be like, stormlight spoiler or something, not giving you the rest. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I also don't necessarily want to move into the next book on our list and then be in another book. Like we'll finish three fourths of this Mistborn series, and then if it turns out that the next book is a perfectly fine book with nothing weird spoiled, spoiled for us to go into next, then we'll have taken like a a huge side quest before coming back and finishing this, which also feels kind of awkward. Like I'll I, I can go ahead and reveal because I don't think at this point it'll come as a surprise to anyone, assuming hmm. that uh, we don't have White Sand in time. Which I, um, if we end up reading, if we end up reading The Lost Metal next, then we may get White Sand in time to read it first because I wanted us to have read White Sand by now. But the the new release date for that is uh, from that Indiegogo campaign is like December, so. Who knows uh, when we'll actually get those? Uh, How
3: those many times comments. has that been postpartum now?
0: Yeah, I know it's been a bunch, and they're they do yeah. s- something that I always hate in these campaigns where it's like they just let the the deadline they previously set go by because they don't want to admit that they're not gonna make it even though they've known forever that they're, mm. not gonna make it. And they're like oh, okay by the uh, way uh, the next deadline yeah <laughs> which. If it was Brandon's company running the Kickstarter, like, they have done a bunch of them, and they always do an amazing job. This is, like, the, the comic book publisher, and they are doing a really crappy job of communicating, and I really hate them.
2: But anyway. Yeah. Time
0: for a digression
2: real quick. Okay. I want to talk about – we're not sponsored by Loot Crate, and I don't care if we ever get sponsored by them because they're terrible. I ordered yep. a March Loot Crate, and I still haven't received it. Dude,
0: I I was a subscriber to their Firefly Loot Crate when they had those and it was like supposed to be a monthly loot crate and at one point like seriously six months went by or more yeah between what is it april may june july august september october
2: we're in october and it was supposed to be and it was the march crate so like that's how long it's
0: been and they kept charging people monthly for the crates that were supposed to be coming out that month even though nothing was coming out and it was yeah so get that money back I think eventually all the crates came out and like eventually they're like, okay, this is the last one. And so they, they stopped charging more and it was just took like a year and a half to get all of the crates that you were supposed to get. If I'm remembering right. Yeah. Ugh.
2: Very similar
0: thing. I, I ordered like a special edition crate that they're
2: supposed to come out with five of, and it was supposed to come out in May and it still hasn't come out either.
0: The first one. That said, there was some cool stuff in there, and I, what I heard with the Firefly one in particular is that basically Loot Crate—they were running out of money. They couldn't—they had—they stopped paying their suppliers of stuff, and so they didn't have any stuff yeah. put in these crates. So, yeah. Cool. Well, I've
2: heard they've had like bankruptcy issues and stuff too. So, but
0: yeah. So yeah, that kind of sucks. But uh, the stuff that was in the crates was usually pretty cool when you actually got them. And I was a subscription to like their—I uh, had a subscription to like their sock thing for. A long time i got a bunch of cool pairs of socks through the...
2: oh yeah i think you gave me a
0: rick and morty pair of socks or something yeah that sounds like a thing i would have done <laughs> anywho sorry but yeah so assuming that we do not move on to white sand next which is what i hope that we will that we'll be able to get to white sand the next book we are going to read will be Warbreaker, which is an interesting book partially because brandon actually wrote it kind of publicly like he would write the book and post it on his website and then people would give feedback or whatever. And he edited, he did edit, he like did writing and editing it live almost on, by posting stuff on his website periodically. And so the book is available for free in its entirety on his website, which is uh when a bunch of people, a bunch of times when people are like, Hey, like, I'm interested in maybe reading something of his. I'm like, well, just go download the free one on his website. It's a great novel. But, uh, That one I have scheduled out to take 17 weeks, and so that's basically the thing. Like, I don't want to get to the end of this book and be like, okay, we're starting Warbreaker, and then we are doing that for 17 weeks before realizing – and, like, in, like, one or two weeks in, I would realize, oh, hey, we could have read – we could have finished Mistborn next. Like, there was no reason not to, and so we would have taken a 17-week diversion to then just go back and finish Mistborn after we've barreled through the first three so that seems like a a bad approach to me and so that's why i'm like i'm not eager to just jump straight into that so we'll see Uh, i'm I'm going to try to make a plan and uh we may end up just going for another kind of uh non-cosmere story get something fun and different out of the way just to have that week of buffer we'll see
3: i mean yeah you could you could do like joe reading the ones we read (laughs)
0: Yeah, we talked about that on the last episode, and uh, it's definitely a possibility that we could do. I mean, hes uh he said that he listened to one yeah. of the episodes that we recorded, so he couldn't react. To
2: I anything. listened to the – yeah, I listened to the first one, so
0: the sci-fi one I, I wouldn't be able to
2: have a good – a rea- fresh reaction to. But So, yeah,
0: I, I'll, I'll figure it out before we record the next episode for sure what we want to do and uh, let everybody know on that one. But for next week, we're finishing out. The law, uh, the Bands of Mourning, I almost said The Lost Metal The Bands of Mourning, with chapters 31 30, 31 and Epilogue Gosh, I'm, I swear I can talk
1: Hmm
3: Yeah, that's the longest running gag of this podcast Not Possum Hunters, not Volcanoes It's David yeah. just going, oh, I can't talk <laughs> Yeah, I can't talk
2: I feel like that's every podcast I've I've ever Uh-oh. listened to, they're always like ah, I, I'm tripping over my
0: words today That's just my daily life, you know It's fun. Yeah, exactly, you got <laughs> cotton
2: in your mouth <laughs> <laughs> she walk around. Lo- what was that old famous American politician like walked around with marbles in his mouth so that he could do speeches better? He never won the presidency, but he ran several times. I don't know that I've ever heard of this. And now i Is like, light. is that actually a thing? Yeah. I mean, I think the story of him having marbles in his mouth is as true as like George Washington topping down a cherry tree. Like it's, you know, it's it's a fable, a story, a myth, but it may not be actually true. Uh, OK, so let's see. There's
0: a, there's. Tales of Demosthenes from ancient Greece talking about No, that's to too old. Mouth. Uh,
3: nah, that's, that's too it. old. I mean, you you guys had some wild presidents. I remember the one who like the you know guy got up to assassinate him and the guns misfired, so the president got down and started beating the shit out of him with his cane or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, that was uh um that was Teddy Roosevelt and he did actually get shot, it just didn't kill him.
3: No, no, that wasn't wasn't Roosevelt. It was um he had a really boring name. Sure. Uh, Jackson. Jackson. Oh.
0: Uh, that
2: that
3: sounds like him as well. No, but this guy I'm talking about never actually
2: became president. He ran several times but was never is elected. Strom
0: Thurman? That's the only thing that comes up when I'm Nah, talking.
2: not that one. Uh, nah, this is a rabbit trail we'll never get yeah, down.
0: No. I love I yeah. love Andrew Jackson because they had to they had to throw his parrot out of his funeral because he taught his parrot how to say so many curse words and the parrot kept yelling them in the funeral. So they had to sure. it out. perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. That, right? Wow. <laughs> good times good times okay so yes two chapters in the epilogue for next time music by miracle of sound if you want to send us an email the address is thesanderlanch at gmail.com you can find us on twitter and instagram although i haven't posted instagram in a while youtube although i haven't updated youtube in a while (laughs) patreon patreon has been getting updated like gangbusters though so there's that and uh all those sorts of places Thanks everybody so much for listening. Thank you to our patrons new and old for wanting to support the show so much that, uh, you are donating your, your hard earned dollars to, uh, to our project. That's that, is, that is why Joe and I will be able to hand out cool little promotional items that I, uh, designed and had printed up because of the patron money. I don't think that we would have been able to do that otherwise. So there are results come are, are already present from, uh, what you guys have done and we appreciate it so three chapters for next week was to the time of next Cola?
1: steam train running on a reckless rail speeding rider to the rising gale Shovel harder because we're on the uptail london i